Hello, 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 and welcome back to another, well, you know what? It's actually not just another Fluently Forward podcast episode. This is, this is the episode. This is like the pinnacle, the peak, the mountaintop. Um, You know, it's kind of weird to max out your podcast career at episode number 18, because I just know it's not going to get any better than this. Um, today we have an interview with Enti, the Enti, and he is the founder of Crazy Days and Nights, which is where I pull probably about 80% of these blind items from. He's the king of blind items and undisclosed gossip and rumors in Hollywood. And, you know, without any further ado, I'm just going to like let the interview speak for itself and stick around for afterwards. We're going to talk about some trending topics, some interesting information I've received in the DMs from folks, and just a little recap of like how exciting this interview was. So without further ado, I present NT. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today's another Fluently Forward episode, and we have probably the biggest person we could ever hope to have on the podcast today. Um, I'm delighted to welcome NT from crazydaysandnights.net, the founder of the website, and I would say probably king of the blind items. Um, do you prefer to go as NT or entertainment lawyer? A lot of people are wondering how you came up with the name NT. NT is NT is great, Shannon, and I'm I'm very happy to be here. And um, I love I love your TikTok. And <laughs> the the first first person I followed on TikTok was you. And I only came to TikTok because of you. Yeah, can so, I ask because part of me did when you joined TikTok, I remember exactly was like where I was. I like woke up in bed. I was like so excited. I was like, I cannot believe NT is on TikTok. Um, and then I was also like, I hope he's not mad because I do owe my TikTok career to you. I remember I used to just make TikToks about dating and life in New York City and stuff like that. And I remember I made one video. And it was about the blind item on your website about Addison Ray potentially hooking up with Joe Rogan or trying to be groomed by the Kardashians to be a yachter. And I was just talking about it on TikTok because I assumed everyone read blind items and it just snowballed into this massive thing of people being like, what is a blind item? What is this website? What on earth are you looking at? I am curious, have you seen more like Gen Z presence on the website um, in the past couple of months? I think so. It's yeah. it's harder to tell exactly where people are coming from and how old they are and stuff like that. But I will say that since I started doing TikTok, there's been more subscribers to the podcast. Yeah. And especially since I pinned it, and I know that they're younger. And what I find, and I'm, I was never mad at you at all. At, okay. I, I'm never mad at anybody who copies, pastes, screenshots, whatever. It's just, you just have to kind of, I... I, I like being everywhere. So that's fine. Um, what I've noticed is that a lot of these people have never heard any of these stories. Sometimes on the, on, on TikTok, I'm just recycling stuff from the, the website from years ago and people yeah. just, they don't know that story. And they're just like, what? I've never heard any of this. And I just assume probably like you did about Addison or whatever blind items that everybody just knows, but it's just a wrong assumption to make. Yeah. And the lore of blind items is like, once you start reading that site, 
And I'm sure if they did studies, there has to be zero percentage of people who go on that website, read one blind item and then go off of it forever. It's like the minute you click onto page two or page three, you get hooked onto blind items forever because it's this perfect blend of like knowledge and conspiracy theory and salacious rumors that just like biologically, like we're obsessed with, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's human nature to be interested in this stuff. And I find it really interesting that some of these lore items, I've been walking around with the knowledge for years that Selena Gomez is doing drugs. And then you tell someone on the street and they're like, you're insane. And I'm like, no, you're actually insane. So I would be curious for you, what to you is the biggest piece of knowledge that you just have in your head is like, this is fact, but someone on the street would absolutely not believe it and think that you're the crazy one it's all of that it's just um anytime i would say any of the the tiktoks that i've done there will always be a comment why have i never heard this before why is this in you know isn't more mainstream and it is but there's not a there's not a vehicle really even on tiktok for there to be a bunch of tabloids or you're very limited in how much you can say and there's people that that do very well and I don't know all their names so I apologize but there's the the one account where she reenacts um basically oh, yeah. blind dear, items dear Jane I think and she'll like, yeah yeah and so I'll see those and it'll be she did one not even that long ago and it had been a blind but I guess she she gets them similar to the way Dumois does where they're just somebody and then she reenacts them and I'll see in hers. I never knew any of this. How how does people not know? And um and I'm I'm shocked at there's another gossip account where she'll get three million views per thing, and and it's just very basic gossip. But I guess Gen Z doesn't have a way to really get that gossip. There yeah. it's it's always been Tumblr accounts and stuff like that. But they're they are very fan specific. Usually Tumblr accounts. They're not a general kind of thing. Yeah, exactly that. And there are, I'm also curious too, because um, I do feel like if someone has heard of blind items and they're of, you know, a millennial or Gen Z generation, it's typically Dumois. I personally don't know, like I view your website obviously as the most, with the best reputation for blind items. For Dumois, I find them a little bit suspicious because I know on your website, you have the ads, you know, the ad placements. But Dumois will kind of insert ads into their blind items. Do you have any opinions on different blind item websites out there? Are you in contact with any of them? Things like that? I mean, Dumois and I get along. Mm. Um, you know, um, I don't want to identify them as a person or whatever, but we email. Um, okay. <clears throat> that That's kind of a newer kind of relationship, but we get along well i would say there had been some rumors spread by a magazine writer or something that we didn't get along and that's just not the case at all yeah um, here we're, we're squashing the beef today that you <laughs> we are and dumont uh, is kind of new because i think their account started during covid which i mean it sounds new but it's basically two years ago um but you've been around since what 2012 no 2006 2006 okay November 2006. November 2006. So we're almost, we're a couple of months late on the anniversary. Um, yeah. And yeah. I would just love to know from you, like I have this just from reading different articles about you and reading the site. This is my like idea of the lore of you. And I'm kind of curious how much of it is correct. So 
And he comes from an entertainment lawyer. And I had read that you were a plugged in entertainment lawyer. So I kind of had this idea in my head that you were working in entertainment law in Los Angeles. You were hearing a bunch of rumors and blind items and inf- maybe not blind items, but information about celebrities. You saw that a lot of it was hypocritical or something different than presented. And you wanted to kind of do a side hustle. So you made a blind <laughs> item website so you could like put all of this information out without getting sued. And then that's how it took off. And then I had assumed you stopped working in law and you were just doing this full time, but I listened to a recent podcast and you are still practicing law. Is that correct? I am still practicing law. Um, In fact, my bar dues are due at the end of the month. Um, The, it started literally, uh, I was bored at work one day and I had been reading Uh, a blog of a friend of mine who nobody will know now, but at the time was kind of the it girl and her name's Corey Kennedy. And there was this thing going around Los Angeles at the time called Cobra snake, kind of these random uh, photos and stuff. Um, Steve Aoki, whose father founded Benny Hanna. He was kind of the the thing of it. And I was just reading her blog and I said, it was on blog spot and I could do this. And so I just wrote something, I don't even remember because that post actually I've deleted because it told too much about me, but I I wrote a couple of posts and I wasn't expecting anybody to to even read it. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this. And I advertised for a little, I went into Corey's blog and I wrote a comment. Oh, you should read my site. And, you know, I guess a couple of people did, but not very many. But then after about two weeks, I wrote this blind, probably, the biggest blind that kind of carried me through for several years. And um, it was about Jennifer Lopez, basically it's called MV um, which stood for Millie Vanilli and how she had people singing her songs for her, mm. but it was a blind item and it was really long and somebody picked it up and then it went to ONTD and it kind of just took off from there. So when you first, like, let's say you hearing that information about, uh, Jennifer Lopez, was that something that you found out through different connections that you had? Like, I just assumed as an entertainment lawyer, you guys would go out to happy hour and just kind of like share information on each with each other's clients. I really have no idea how law works. But when I was listening to a podcast you were on, you were saying that you actually have tips coming in from caterers and different events that you'll go to and things that people submit. I'm curious how like your very first piece of information started versus like the network that you have today. I think originally it was more personal stories, uh-huh. things that I was doing in my life. And at that time I was going out way more and, you know, you'd run into people and, and people think that um, Los Angeles is this big sprawling, you know, metropolis, which it is with millions and millions and millions of people, which it does. But especially in 2000 six and seven LA is a very small town if you think about where West Hollywood and Hollywood um, Beverly Hills it's a really small area and at the time you know there was one target and no Walmarts you know a handful of grocery stores that everybody kind of went to so you just run into everybody everywhere Um, and you know you see the same people all the time and my stories were personal and later over time, as it changed into getting more tips, because you, you, there's only so many personal stories you can tell before 
everybody goes, well, <laughs> there's only one or two people who could this, you know, could possibly be. Yeah. And so it, it turned into tips and the caterer, it's funny, you should say that caterer basically kept me going for, for a year because she would work multiple events and in people's homes, probably she would work seven events a week and every single event, she would send me two or three things from each one of those. So at that time, the site was not completely blind items. There was articles and there might only be one blind item a day or two. And she essentially provided all those tips for, for nearly a year other than what I saw personally. And then she fell in love and moved to St. Kitts. And so I said, I got to work on my own network. So I did. And when you told that story on the podcast, um, it blew my mind because I've also heard similar stories of private investigators who will go undercover as cater waiters at different events. Because when you think about it, if you're at a bougie event and all these people are talking and someone comes up with a plate of mini quiches, you don't stop your conversation. You barely even think of the caterer. You keep talking as you grab it off the plate. And they were saying that this is like a great way to get information. Um, and, you know, later on, I want to ask you so much about like the psychology of celebrities and, you know, normies and people like that. But I do think that there is this area, right? Where like a celebrity is going to be on guard, but if it is a waiter, if it is somebody almost kind of like lower class that they wouldn't normally give time to, you're able to kind of have access to a celebrity in ways that other people wouldn't. Yeah. And the other thing that really helps is people think, oh, well, movies, it's just all A-listers and stuff. Well, or TV shows, there's a lot of people that make movies and there's a mm -hmm. lot of people, you know, there's a lot of crew and the crew are right there and they hear things. And if some celebrity is being all don't look me in the eyes, the crew hates that. And what are they going to do? They're going to tell somebody and often they'll tell me and they'll mm -hmm. just, that's the, the kind of thing because there's people just, they're there. They are interacting with the celebrity constantly. If it's a TV show, they're interacting with them maybe every day. Um, and if it's a movie, they're interacting with them on a set. And if it's on a, a location set, they're going to see them eating. They're going to see them at their hotel. They're going to see if people, if they're sleeping with somebody, because it's just that kind of thing. And then it gets out. Um, yeah. So that's, it's, it's something that the network is slow to establish, but once it goes and you have all these people, then you don't need to depend on one caterer mm -hmm. and you can have people who send you a tip a month or a tip every three months. But if there's enough of those people, and by now there's hundreds that, you know, you have enough to, to, to fill up a, a website every day. Yeah. And people were writing into me too. They were like, how does NT do it when he'll be publishing like 15 different blinds a day? And you know, like you said, you started in 2006. I've only started doing this for about a year now. I think even less actually. Um, and I will sometimes make a video about a celebrity based off of a lot of blinds from your site and other sites that I've seen. And it's crazy because people will slide into my DMs. I think I had one about Jason Momoa and there were blinds on crazy days and nights about him cheating on his wife on all these movie sets. I post the video everyone hates it. And they're like, he's in an open marriage. Like, don't shame him, which is so funny because some celebrities, people are like, let's cancel him. I hate him. And then other celebrities, people are like, oh no, well, I like him. So I'm just going to choose not to believe that, which is another thing of its own. And I had a bunch of people writing in being like, 
know my brother, my neighbor, a friend of a friend worked on the set of um, Aquaman and like saw him fooling around with all of these women. So it's really kind of validating to have, you know, a video that you make or, you know, a video with your items and then other people confirming it. Cause sometimes you do wonder, and I'm curious for you, do you trust every tip that you get? Like, how do you validate oh God, which, no. yeah, which ones to put? Um, you learn after 15 years. And as you start getting tips, you'll see that people have an agenda. People mm. will stand a certain relationship. They will believe maybe some fanfic and they want that to be <clears throat> their position to be solidified or to con, you know, a little confirmation bias. So you can tell after a while if something is, is true or not. Do you get, you know, do you get burned every well, you know, sure, every once in a while, because somebody will come up with something that sounds pretty credible, and they'll have some specifics. Um, but I try not to, I will, my philosophy has always been, I will make a blind item, just about any kind of tip that you give me, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to reveal that one, unless I'm sure. Gotcha. And people do ask how the revealed ones come true. I feel like typically when a blind item is revealed, there's a news article or something kind of more on the google.com reference that would cite it. So like, let's say there's a blind item about Justin Timberlake cheating on his wife. Surprise, surprise. If there's articles that come out with pictures of him and his co-star together, that's typically when I would see a blind item revealed. How do you choose when you reveal them? Well, the, the smaller ones, so if you have 15 blinds in a day, the smaller ones, I generally will reveal a week later, unless I just don't have the, the confirmation, or sometimes even a small one will be really juicy. And then the, the one that's always identified as today's blind items, which is at 10, 10 Pacific, um, then those are on reveal day, either the, the 1st of January, which covers from July 4th to January 1st. And then July 4th, which covers January 1st to July 4th. And then there's <clears throat> Black Friday reveals, which are ones that I just never got around to. Uh, maybe it took longer for them to come out. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do those the, the day after Thanksgiving. It's a much shorter version of it. it. It only lasts three hours or so compared to the other ones, which are 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what I find really interesting too about blind items is that you have... I feel like there's such a spectrum on one side, you have like a conspiracy theory, then it turns into a blind item, then it turns into an internet rumor, then it turns into um, a google.com conspiracy theory, and then it becomes real. So I find so many cases like with Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein, by the time it finally gets to CNN news and it's being reported on, I personally have been reading about it in the blind items for years. People in Hollywood allegedly have known about this open secret since forever. So I do sometimes find it a little bit frustrating when you will present a blind item and people will say, that's not true. There's no way that it's true. But so many of these blind items have already been open secrets in Hollywood. And I feel like there's so many items that people just refuse to look at as the truth, or even if it was revealed, they would have trouble kind of stomaching it. I'm curious what your perspective is on that, because, you know, a blind item like Demi Lovato doing drugs again, everyone's likely to believe that. But a blind item about, you know, Drake allegedly having um, inappropriate intentions with Millie Bobby Brown, everyone gets like a little bit more, oh, I want to pull the wool over my eyes with something like that. Do you think that's just human nature or do you think that's, you know, 
something to do with a specific celebrity status? Well, I think it depends on the fans. You know, um, if you say something, going back to blowing people's minds or whatever, nobody knew about Nicki Minaj and her husband being a murderer, number one, mm-hmm. number two, a rapist. Um, and they're just kind of blown away by that. And Nicki Minaj fans will say, that's not true. This is how it really happened. And they'll, they'll question about the rapist part, mm-hmm. but they never, ever address the murder part. They'll just leave that part alone. They don't have any defense for that. Yeah, he committed murder. <clears throat> they never say that. They just argue about the rapist part. Mm-hmm. You know, it, but yes, she married a murderer. And is that somebody you want to be married to? And it kind of just blows people's minds. And then going back to like Epstein and Weinstein, there was a blind that I wrote in 2012. And it wasn't about either one of them. But it was about this woman named Allison Small, who was an actress in Smallville at the time. At the time, she was an actress. She's on the show. And it was a really popular show at the time. And it was a blind about her and this Keith Raniere guy from Nexium, And oh, he's in jail. Well, she's a- in jail. Allison mm-hmm. Mack, right? Allison Mack. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. And um so I wrote it about Allison Mack and the fact that they were that Keith Rainier was with underage kids. Mm-hmm. And I revealed it then in 2012, then because I revealed it because it was involving Allison Mack and, and some other people from Smallville. And it never made any traction. None. It just yeah. it should have been a big shocker. And it took what six more years before they were finally arrested for it. Yeah. And it's only because then the New York Times decided to write it. And I wasn't the only one in 2012 writing about it. There was an actual proper newspaper, the Albany Times Union, who had written about how horrible he was and all these things, but nothing was ever done. It took six or seven years of just this constant battering before the feds just said, oh, well, let's look into this and let's arrest him for something. And because the the pressure just became too much, but it's frustrating to have that happen. I really do think it is like this big case of, follow the money, you know, and, and it's very interesting too how you just see the PI and like, I tend to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole, but I really do think like the media controls what we care about, like Janet Jackson's nip slip. Everyone couldn't shut up about it. It completely ruined her career. Miley Cyrus's top completely fell off at New Year's Eve and everyone's like, oh, she handled it so well. You know, like there are some cults where people are like, Jared Leto has a cult. Um, and nobody's talking about it. So I'm curious for you, like any predictions in 2022 of something that's going to come out or anything like, you know, we have the Dan Schneiders of the world and the Brian Singers of the world where people are kind of talking about the rotted things that they've done, but it hasn't come truly to light. Is there like a future Hillsong, Scientology, Nixium that you think people aren't talking about, but we need to pay attention to? Well, I mean, there's there's the <clears throat> there's a one cult that's run by Oliver Stone's son, and I can't remember the name of it right now um, that I've talked about before. And, you know, the, that's a, a pretty bad one. Uh, there's just so many th- things out there and you never know what's going to catch somebody's attention uh, of all, all the reveals that you do. And then you hope something happens. It, it I've been writing about stand up comics for a long time. And last year, a lot of them were called out for it for stuff. But I have decided that the Me Too movement is pretty much over because everybody, when Kevin Spacey's working again in movies Mm -hmm. and Mel Gibson is, is given a John Wick prequel kind of thing. And he gets to, he's going to direct another lethal weapon. 
why are we forgiving Mel Gibson um, for doing all of these kind of things? We just, we just are because if they're popular enough or they know enough people, everybody just kind of blows it off. Ansel Elgort, you know, and West Side Story. Yeah. They, they could have done so many things to, to get him out of that. Um, and they didn't. And, and the, the, the thing that bugged me about it, which I talked about, was okay. Okay, Steven Spielberg, you couldn't get him out of that. You didn't want to go do it. It would have cost you a million dollars out of your own pocket or something great. But why are you going to send him out on the PR tour for it? That's mm-hmm. the part I don't get. Why are you going to put him front and center and then not allow any interviewer to, to ask him about the accusations? Why are you going to do that? That's yeah. the, the part that I really couldn't understand. And they did do a full press with publicity where he went to the American Music Awards. He presented an award and everything because it was all leading up to the West Side Story thing. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that that's why I say it's over. It's just completely over. Somebody would have to do something <clears throat> very, very horrific. Um, Travis Scott, he's not even canceled. Now, he's not going to get to work because of the way that the the concert industry works. It's going to be tough for him to work. But, you know, he's posting on Instagram. He's still got 33 million followers who just, oh, I love you. I love you. Oh, don't worry about all the haters and stuff like that. You know, you didn't witness a bunch of people dying. Um, You know, R. Kelly still sells records, you know, it's just. Yeah. It's really, and I, I almost think too, like there are so many blind items where, you know, I don't believe every single blind item that I read online, of course. Like and you, you have, Exactly. You'd have to be an idiot. And some people too are like, oh, you know, like blind items aren't, you need to, you need to preface this with a disclaimer. And I'm like, I shouldn't have to do that. Use your fucking brain. Anything you read on the internet, you should read that with a judgmental, you know, you should disclaim anything. Like it's not my job to tell you to use your brain and see if something's true or not, but whatever. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of people who are like, you know, blind items are conspiracies and conspiracies are dangerous. And I know you and I um, were both interviewed for that BuzzFeed piece. My quotes didn't make it in because I don't think they liked what I had to say, but <laughs> there was that BuzzFeed article where they were saying that Crazy Days and Nights has gone QAnon and um, everyone used to like the website, but now all of these QAnon blinds are being posted. And that really fired me up because um, sure, there are dangerous conspiracy theories out there, but there are also conspiracy theories that are completely true. And we live in this world where nobody ever thanks a conspiracy theorist. So everything that came out with Jeffrey Epstein is true. Are you going to go back to all of those people that you called crazy years ago and tell them, I'm sorry, you weren't crazy. You were actually right. I should probably listen to what you have to say next time. Like, I find it so frustrating that, you know, Harvey Weinstein's an open secret. Jeffrey's Epstein is an open secret. And I just think to myself, if we were a little bit open-minded about conspiracy theories, there wouldn't need to be horrific open secrets happening for years and years. Something could be done about them. What's your take on people saying that blind items are just conspiracies or that, you know, this idea of celebrities yachting or children being molested by executives is QAnon? Because to me, I just think, I'm sorry, there might be some Venn diagram overlaps, but these things do happen. And to call it QAnon is just really diminishing everything that happens. Okay, so the BuzzFeed article, which, by the way, is how I found out about you, because the reporter mentioned you and said, Oh, do you know that there's somebody on TikTok or whatever? And you know, they're talking about blind items. And she actually asked the question, does it bother you? And I said, No. Um, And the I, like I was like she expected a different answer the the buzzfeed 
um, article. So I spent five hours talking to her in total. Um, in June, I talked to her for probably two hours. And then I had, uh, right before it came out, I probably talked to her an hour, two separate times, I think. Oh my God. And well, probably because she wasn't getting the answers. When I talked to her, at least she was so not satisfied with me giving her a specific quote she wanted. So she kept asking and asking. And I was like, I'm sorry. I feel like a, a journalist is supposed to report the truth, not like you trying to get specific quotes to pick and choose for your article. That was my when, vibe. Well, here's the thing. And so I talked to her all that time and she didn't really use, and I mean, she used obviously my quotes, but not nearly as many. And she kind of cherry picked things. And yeah, one of the, the problems that I had, and then I talked to somebody from the Atlantic, who's a friend of mine and who has written articles about the site before. And, and she brought up something that was really important that I wish that I had brought up with the Buzzfeed is that QAnon came around in about, let's say 2016, right? 2015, 2016. Well, I've been writing these same kind of things since 2006, and it wasn't called QAnon back then. It mm -hmm. was just me exposing the industry for whatever. And if I want to talk about Paul Walker and his 16-year-old girlfriend, which is a known stated fact, and everybody just chooses to ignore it, but I was yeah. talking about it long before 2016, then was, you know, why is it suddenly classified as QAnon now? And it wasn't then when I talk about <clears throat> a bunch of people who dated people who are underage or think about this you know when you have um tyga and kylie jenner okay folks that was statutory rape you can call it whatever you want but the kardashians covered it up tyga was over the legal age mm -hmm. kylie jenner was not so if i write about that is it QAnon or am i just writing celebrity gossip about somebody who's in an inappropriate relationship mm -hmm. and that's kind of the the thing is that it, I've always written about that. It just nowadays, if you write about it, then somebody goes, oh, that that's some QAnon stuff right there. No, it's if you go look at the Brian Singer stuff or the documentary in Open Secret, you, you'll see all of this underage abuse and everything that's fully documented. Nobody was ever sued or anything like that. And if you can go back in the in the history of rock and roll and Jimmy Page, who's in Led Zeppelin, which, you know, nowadays nobody knows who that band is, but he was a 30, 40 year old guy sleeping with 12 year olds. Iggy Pop wrote a song about a 12 year old girl that he had sex with. I mean, it's just, that's what was happening. And, and people chose to ignore it. Oh, they're just a rock star. You know, they're yeah. just a or, rock star. Uh, the guy from Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? And in his, yeah. in his memoirs, didn't he? Yeah. Like, do you think that, because at the end of every conspiracy theory, I want to be like, why is this happening? And I can't tell if it's, you know, follow the money. And these are very rich and powerful rock stars who are able to pay people off and not have it be in the press. Or I can't tell if people are just so uncomfortable because I've had moments reading these blind items, you know, hearing about kids at Disney being abused, hearing all of these stories of these underage inappropriate relationships. And you do get to a point sometimes where you just feel really dark and sad. And you're like, oh my God, like from the beginning of time, children and women and, you know, young vulnerable people have been preyed upon. Do you think that people kind of purposely, maybe subconsciously shut it out? Because I'll try to talk about Epstein with someone or Brian Singer, and sometimes they actively say, I don't want to hear it. And I don't understand that. I, I'm like, you should want to hear it and you should want to get involved about it and you should want to stop it. Do you think that's just like a human defense mechanism that we have? 
Yeah. And if you think about just like Olivia Rodrigo and her producer boyfriend, way, yeah. way inappropriate. Yeah. And even if you say, okay, um, you know, their age isn't, he's known her since I think she was 12 years old or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, go back to Celine Dion and her husband, you know, they started he, working together when she was 12 years, 12 years old, he left his wife for her. I mean, that's kind of this grooming situation. And then you asked something earlier about media companies. And until several years ago, People Magazine, Time Magazine, TMZ, um, Warner Brothers were all in the same company. So, mm. so if, if let's say Warner Brothers wanted a movie um, hyped up or wanted something shut down, you know, don't talk about Mel Gibson or something like that then People Magazine, we're not going to talk bad about Mel Gibson. TMZ, we're not going to talk bad about Mel Gibson. Time Magazine, we're not going to talk bad about Mel Gibson because we've invested $100 million into this movie. And I'm just using him as an example, but there are very few media companies. If you think about NBC Universal and everything that they control media-wise and they have all these projects, of course they don't want anything bad to be said about anybody. Yeah. Um, if you read Us Weekly 10 years ago, or even People Magazine 10 or 15 years ago, they had actual real gossip in there. Mm -hmm. They had real stuff. And then one day they just said, you know, access and advertisements are just more important than saying the truth about celebrities. And then where are you going to find that stuff? You're going to have to go online because to, to places that don't care about access don't care about all of that kind of stuff. If you read Just Jared and you're getting your tabloid stuff from Just Jared and Just Jared Jr., you're not getting anything real. It's yeah. just stuff that's been sent over by a publicist and they're happy to print it because Jared got to go on Rihanna's jet, you know, mm -hmm. and that's more important. Um, let's say Tom Cruise or Elizabeth Moss, if anybody watches The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. You know, she's in Scientology. Is anybody going to ask her a Scientology question when she goes on their talk show? No. Why? Because we want Elizabeth Moss on our show. Tom yeah. Cruise, you're going to ask him about Scientology? No. How come? Well, because we want him on our show. We want to see the smiling, happy Tom Cruise. We want that. We want to do all these kind of things with him. We want to go to the premiere. We want to do this. We want to get a Christmas card from him. And we want him to follow us on Twitter. It's, it's, it's that kind of thing that drives celebrity media because everybody wants to be a friend to a celebrity and there's not enough people who are saying I don't really care if I'm a friend or not I'm just going to do this and yeah. it's just and <clears throat> it's very Hollywood-esque in this situation but all the trade papers which are Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, all of these kind of things, Rolling Stone, they're all owned by one man now so every kind of piece of news that comes out of there if he doesn't want it shown, it's not going to be shown to anybody. Yeah. But you know what? Like, it's funny because you start talking about that and I'm like, oh my God, how wildly depressing. Like we're, we're always going to be like, you know, at the beck and call of these people. But then I think about it and I'm like, in a way that is kind of really exciting because there is, I truly believe there is power in the people. And Weinstein was kept a secret for so long until all of these women started coming forward. Everyone started the Me Too hashtag. It blew up and eventually it had to be talked about. And all of these stories about Epstein were suppressed until eventually more and more people started talking about it. And finally, the news had to report on it. Granted, they're not reporting on it the way they should be, as in like 
you know, where did Jeffrey Epstein get his money? Who was he working for? Who's the next new Jeffrey Epstein? But they do have to report on it. And I think that's kind of this crazy power of TikTok and social media and people using their voices is that I've seen so many articles where they'll be like, you know, this TikTok trend started or everyone's talking about this. So in order to keep up and kind of get that clicks of the younger generation or an online group that's talking about something, they do have to report on it. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, money from a celebrity or somebody buying you off is going to last you a week. But if you have that engaged clickable audience for the next year, that's going to be a lot more important. So my hope is just that, you know, one day, the supply and the demand really wins out. And there's a demand for people to be talking about specific issues and the news picks up on it. But I mean, it is crazy because nowadays I just feel like, especially studies have been done in the last two years, nobody trusts the news now, like nobody. It was so weird during COVID flipping through different channels and seeing literal version of events A on one channel. And then you go to a different one and it is the complete opposite. So it's like, you feel like you're taking crazy pills. And I feel like that's why people latch onto blind items or conspiracy theories or something like that, because we just know the mainstream shit we're being fed. We just know that it's not real, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you think about when all the media companies and there's not very many, it's kind of like, you know, you think, oh my gosh, there's so many different stores in this mall, but really it's only like three companies that own all the stores. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the same kind of thing Ben. you and I were talking before we started recording about TikTok and how we've each been banned and how easy it is to get um your your voice silenced on TikTok and let's say the Nicki Minaj one I it got a community guidelines violation and I did not say anything that wasn't 100% truth that's documented in court records yeah but but if you have a Nicki Minaj fan go on there or their publicist and say and complain and and flag it, then it'll get taken down until somebody can review it. And once they review it, who knows what the algorithm will do to it. And it just won't get out there. And it's just so easy. So TikTok can spread, I mean, just so fast, and you can have a million views, which is great. But at the same time, is are you only, is it only going to be like dance videos? Are we only ever going to see, you know, Miranda Derrick or something like that coming up on our screens or, and And I'll probably TikTok probably listens to this because my phone's next to me. <laughs> but I mean, when you watch TikTok, no matter what kind of algorithm you're in in TikTok, you will guarantee see people instructing like Chinese. Um, you don't see any, oh, here, let's take live Spanish lessons. It's always let's take live Chinese lessons. I've never seen any other thing. You'll get the Ling Ling sisters, the ones who do like the trick shots. Mm-hmm. who basically just work for Chinese media and stuff like that. And then you'll get things um, the day that there was going to be all the school shootings or something like that. And TikTok just kept spreading that because of the fact that it's, it's, it is owned by the Chinese government. It is owned by the Chinese military. Yes, there's a U.S. version of it, um, a U.S. office, but, you know, it, it, they're just kind of, showing you the things that they want you to see and they want you to see like happy-go-lucky stuff it seems like but then there's other you know dark stuff that that's also on there and you know the suppression is real and also um i don't know if this has been proven but i've heard from so many people that lgbtq content um you know uh lgbtq creators and also 
black creators are not are having a, a lot harder to find TikTok success. And they're like, we cannot prove this, but like, I'll make a video with the same exact number of followers, the same exact people like that, um, the same exact content, and it's not going to do as well. And I feel like they're looking into it because they're like, is TikTok suppressing the videos um, of LGBTQ creators or black creators? And then it's like, I don't know, but like, who does own TikTok? Like, who is making those decisions, you know? Yeah, exactly. people don't talk about it, but like there are, and you know, this is absolutely nothing to do with anti China or anti Chinese people. To me, this is all an issue of the government and everything like that. Um, but it is crazy how certain movies will have like uh, lesbian kisses edited out of them before they're sent and shown in Chinese theaters or things like that. Or I think there was a scene in a Mar Marvel movie where um, a plane like flew over, but they m created a new scene to be shown in the Chinese movie theaters of like uh, it flying over China or something like that just to include it. So I do feel like there is um, an influence there. And a lot of people wonder to me, I get so many questions because obviously I have to ask you about Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. It's like oh, the God. subject nearest and dearest to my heart. But so many people are like, if Taylor Swift has dated women or if she's gay, why wouldn't she come out? It's 2021. And I always, one of my many reasons is that I say, music is such a business and coming out is such a business. And if, you know, sure, maybe it would be accepted by America or at least half of the people here in America, but you don't know how the Middle East is gonna accept that. You don't know how your album sales are gonna do in China if you come out. And I just feel like people don't really think about those issues on a worldwide basis. They don't. And this is the problem with, the the china part and one of the scenes in eternals um was taken out and mm -hmm. china is a billion people it yeah. is the largest market in the entire world and nobody wants to upset that apple cart that's why apple does things for them that they wouldn't do here google does the same things you know facebook and all the the, the nba doesn't you know, if you criticize, if you're an NBA player and you criticize China, then the next thing you know, that NBA team is not shown in China on their on their TVs. And so then the, the athletes don't get to sell as much of their their jerseys and stuff like that. So China's the 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 big bully in in the whole equation. And, and people don't realize it. they just think, oh, it's an Asian country on the other side of the world. Yeah, there's a lot of people or whatever, but you have to wrap your head around the fact that they are the, the largest media supplier. The, <clears throat> the first billion dollar, $2 billion box office movie in the world was in China. And the, the movie was about the killing of America, destroying. It was a war movie where the Americans were the bad guys. And it earned $2 billion in the Chinese box office. Mm -hmm. So, and this was just a few months ago. So, you know, look it up and, and every, and they only show a certain number of American movies each year. And everybody wants to be one of those movies because yeah. all of a sudden we'll make an extra four or $500 million or maybe a yeah. billion dollars. So we want to be one of those dozen movies. And so they just kiss their butt as much yeah. as possible and ignore everything else that goes on inside the country. Yeah. And it's weird how we don't talk. And even now, you know, there's parts of me that feel weird talking about it because you don't ever want to come across as racist or xenophobic or anything like that. But to me, it's weirder not to talk about it because you should be able to talk about it without any malice in your heart or anything like that. It's just facts. And we should, I think we should be able to talk about facts. It's not the people, like you said, it's yes. the government. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. the government that is eliminating boy bands. Mm -hmm. There is no more boy bands in China. 
um, there are there are no more like video games being sold yeah. in China yeah. um, because they don't want kids to play any more video games and stuff like that. So it's, it's just it's, news. Yeah. News should be talked yeah. about, you know, and I don't think it should be politicized mm-hmm. or hidden. Now, I did mention this before. I'm dying to know. What are your thoughts on Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss? I know it in my heart. Like, I don't even need you to tell me, but I want you to tell me, but I know it in my heart that they must have hooked up and had a relationship. Is there anything like, where do you fall on the Taylor spectrum? Are you a, are you a believer? This is where I have to plug my very good friend, Cam Gray, who um, has a podcast called what I will say. And most of it, yes, most of it she has is free she has a patreon but most of hers are free and she also has websites devoted to everything um kaler uh everything with diana agron um she goes on and 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 i love her for it and she is the ultimate expert and she and i have done several episodes together talking about um various boyfriends that we think songs are really about rather than other things and then cam will always say well it also could be about this woman it could be about this woman it could be about this woman Mm -hmm. um i you know i don't out anybody however i would subscribe to the kaler theory if i were just subscribing to something um Uh i'm i'm very i have a up and down relationship with taylor swift and her people um well her publicist tree pain follows you on twitter doesn't she yes she does she does and i follow her and we have lovely conversations um she does not influence anything that i say um like she doesn't say well you say this about taylor it's not that kind of thing she is there and to to keep a check on me or she thinks that she's there to keep a check on me but there's a lot of publicists that are on there to keep you know to keep an eye on me on on twitter and for the most part i i ignore them because it doesn't, I'm not going to care one way or the other, but tree and I have an actual, where we will talk, where we will write to each other, where we inquire about each other's families and health and things like that. And so I, I never really have pulled any punches when it comes to Taylor, but I, I do try and um, not antagonize them, I guess. Yeah. Well, I love that you have a relation. And I, I mean, I adore Tree. I feel like she must be one of the best in the business. And I also think Selena Gomez must have the best PR team in the business because out of everything I've read about her, that was one of my favorite rabbit holes to go down was Selena Gomez because it was just so completely out of left field. You know, you kind of expect, expect something like that with, um, I don't know, Kim Kardashian or Lindsay Lohan or things like that. But I did want to ask, I love how you insert your opinion on the website, the bad actress, Selena Gomez and Meghan Markle, which celebrities do you kind of personally just have a distaste in your mouth for? And is there any certain reasons or is it just because of blind items that have come through in the past about them? I actually love Selena. I just, I just don't don't think she's that great of an actress, but I love Selena. I think that she's super nice. And, um, when when she's not i i you know if you take drugs or whatever it's it's kind of on you however i blame a lot of her troubles and problems on her relationship with justin bieber and i think that he really really messed her up good and so i i put a lot of that 
on that. Now, should you, when you get a kidney transplant, should you continue to take drugs and booze it up and things like that? No. And you will also notice going back to Taylor that when Selena's in a bad way, you don't see Taylor and Selena together. When yeah. Selena's in a good way, then all of a sudden there she is with Taylor. Yeah. Taylor tries to keep these very, and Cam and I went into this in great detail, but there's a guy named Martin Johnson who is really kind of forgotten in history um, in Taylor's love life. And he is somebody who wrote um, multiple um, hit songs with platinum songs and they have a relationship and Taylor's mom has tried to make it seem as if Martin Johnson is, is um, on something before the Taylor would have even met him to try and get everybody off track. And when we get the next Taylor's version that everybody thinks is about John Mayer, um, a lot of those aren't going to be about John Mayer. And John Mayer is not going to put up with any kind of nonsense after the death threats he got when the whole Jake Gyllenhaal thing, they said, oh, John, we're coming for you next. Mm -hmm. And he putting up with it then. And he is not the kind of guy who is going to have songs um, that people think are about him that's not. And I think a lot of the songs that everybody thinks are about John Mayer are about this guy named Martin Johnson. Well, um, and you did a great TikTok video on him, right? He was the one with tattoos and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So that, but that was three minutes. And so then Cam and I took that and we talked for an hour and a half about it. So, Love. um, so it's hard. That's the part of the problem with TikTok. And I, it's a good thing because you really yeah. don't want things longer than three minutes, but you have to decide what's really, really important. And in that three minutes, you can't talk about every last part of your theory supporting your position. So, you know, then you need an hour to talk about it. But yeah, the Martin Johnson thing, it's just, it's just, there's too many coincidences, but I, it's going to blow up if everybody starts accusing John Mayer, because John Mayer is going to go, you know, that those songs aren't about me, you know, because I wasn't here, I wasn't there kind of things. Well, or some I'm, of them about him, maybe. I'm also surprised um, about the Jake Gyllenhaal heat that he got, because I've had a few people write in saying that Jake Gyllenhaal... I'm not going to out anyone, but basically saying that um, Taylor Swift would not have been his type. And I just found it very interesting because I do think those songs are from so long ago. I would have thought that Taylor would have reached out to Jake or offered an olive branch or did a little forewarning of like, these songs are from a decade ago. Please nobody send death threats. But I do, I love Taylor Swift to death, but I found it really suspicious how she just kind of put out a 10 minute song and let Jake's reputation get completely slandered by everyone and their mother for like a good month. Well, you know, if you go over Taylor Swift's boyfriends, Oh, mm -hmm. going back to the whole drugs and everything, the reason that she couldn't see Martin Johnson anymore. And they, she was head over heels, crazy in love with him is because he was an alcoholic and he mm -hmm. was doing drugs and they broke up after the jingle ball performance where everybody goes, oh, this is where John Mayer and Taylor Swift, oh, this is, you know, when yeah. they performed together, Martin Johnson performed with Taylor Swift at that same jingle ball. Yeah, but it's and, in none of the photos, you know? Exactly. Like, and yeah. so, and right after that, two months later, he went to LA and he got sober and he's been sober ever since. And, um, but anyway, if you think about Taylor's boyfriends, right, you have Taylor Lautner, have there ever been any rumors about him at all? Um, have there ever been any rumors about Jake Gyllenhaal? Have there ever been any rumors about Connor Kennedy? Have there Harry ever been Styles. any rumors about Harry Styles, Tom Hiddleston, yeah, Joe Alwyn? Yeah. Um, so it's oh, Taylor, you got an interesting selection of, of boyfriends. I love Taylor. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I really do. I think that she can be incredible to her fans. I think that she can be very nitpicky towards her fans. If somebody opens an Etsy store and sells 10 things at $3 each, why do you have to file a lawsuit against them? Why do you have to shut down their little tiny business? So those kind of things. I still consider that she had the the greatest fan contest ever where you got to go on her private jet just with her and like two other people or whatever. I think that's amazing. I think that Mm -hmm. she does wonderful things for her fans. Um, But sometimes Taylor is a business rather than the person. And that kind of gets lost. Well, I love love Taylor. I love, I do love hearing your opinion, especially because your opinion, you know, sometimes I'll just watch a YouTube interview and I'm like, I don't like them, but like, I have no reason to think that. Is there a celebrity after all of your years of being involved in this industry, is there one or two celebrities that you think are just like nothing bad to say, salt of the earth? And then are there some celebrities where you're like, I think that they're rotted to the core, not that much chance for redemption? Yeah, I think that everybody needs to um, decide where their level of comfort is myself. I will not watch anything with Tom Cruise in it just because I think he's a horrible person. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that he caught his niece one time kissing a boy when she was 15 or 16 years old, shipped her across the country to made her go live with relatives for two years as a punishment that kind of pushes over the edge. He knows everything that goes on in Scientology. I'm not going to give him any of my money, but Mm -hmm. if you're a Tom Cruise fan and you want to go see his movies and stuff, and that doesn't bother you, then please go do it. I'm everybody has to kind of make up their own minds about stuff. And that's just, that's kind of like my line. Um, if you think about, there's lots of people that I think are super nice. Emma Stone, I love her to death. I've all, I always tell everybody how much um, I love her. Renee Zellweger, I love her. Um, and the thing is, part of my problem is that I do have friends in the industry. And I do have a lot of actor and actress friends and I'm a good friend. And so I don't want to trash my friends and I would never trash my friends publicly. I would never really make them a bad blind item. So, and that's why I try to limit the number of, of friends that I have because I don't want to censor myself. I don't want to not write. I don't want to become a people magazine you know, Perez Hilton used to be really dark and dirty. And now he's just, you know, on, won't say anything bad about anybody. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of thing. And, and I recognize that. And I try to always tell people, you know, I'm not really ever going to say anything bad. Also, another problem that I have is that people know that I'm friends with so and so. So if I'm friends with a writer um, from Supergirl, and everybody knows I'm a friend of his, and that we've known each other for a long time, I can't write anything about Supergirl, Mm -hmm. even if even if I don't get it from him, because I don't want it to go back where he gets in trouble. And well, you you could just send it to me and then it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So I worry about, you know, I these, the certain friends that everybody knows that I have, and I don't ever want them to, to suffer if I write a blind item. So I try, you know, if I get some kind of gossip or something, I just have to kind of let it go. And because I I don't get it from them. And I always tell everybody, if I get anything from my friends, I would never, ever write it. um, If people know that I'm friends with them, because I don't want them to get hurt. Well, can I ask and feel free to not answer if you don't want to. My favorite celebrity is Conan O'Brien. I haven't ever seen a single bad thing on him. Can you 
soothe my soul and let me know that there's nothing bad about Conan O'Brien because I love him. There's nothing bad. And if you look who I follow on Twitter, I follow a woman by the name of Diana Chang, who has. Oh, wasn't she? She was uh, the driver. And yeah, so I've known her for a long time. I've known her for a long time. And um, so even if I did have something bad, I I wouldn't say it. But no, he's he's a wonderful human being. Okay, thank goodness. I I don't know if I, I wouldn't be able to handle myself if I found out it wasn't true. I know our time is wrapping up. I have like three more quick questions for you. Sure. One is um, <laughs> somebody wanted to know, I had different listeners write in, is he aware he has a sexy voice? And people were wondering, is this your real voice? And has anybody recognized you from it? Like how nervous are you about your identity being found out? Um, it is my normal voice. Okay. Um, I do not change it. It's interesting that somebody ask that because yeah um, she was cute too i'm like oh i'll set oh, you guys nice. up <laughs> um the uh so going back to dumois mm-hmm. um i have actually talked to dumois heard the voice and i have a um like a question and answer party once a month on my patreon and they always listen in mm-hmm. and i always say how come you don't ask any questions and they said because I'm afraid somebody's gonna know my voice because you recorded and everything. And I, it just makes you think, okay, well, you must have just the most well-known voice or whatever. I, I've, because I have been talking, I've been on TV shows, I do a radio show every week appearance. I just, I've never really worried about, I think it sounds different maybe when you talk over a microphone or a phone than maybe it does when you're in person. It, it um, does, I think. I think it does a little bit, yeah. So I've never really worried about now. Here's one thing I I won't do is that when I'm out in public, I never say, Hey, everybody. Ooh, yes. Hey, everybody. Or Hey, you say folks sometimes. Hey folks or things. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, cause I try and start off with, Hey everybody. So I I definitely never say that in public. Oh, okay. I love that. And then I also (laughs) wanted to know, I think about this myself. If you, let's say you wake up tomorrow and you are a celebrity and you know, you, you wake up, you're in a 22 year old Zac Efron like type of body and you just got hired to be on a starring TV show. What would you do in Hollywood? Because after reading all of these stories, I'm like, I, if I was a celebrity, I would make sure to never touch drugs. Cause I feel like that's how it all goes downhill. And I don't know. I would stay away from like James Franco and Jared Leto. I feel like those are the two (laughs) keys to success. James Franco is a horrible human being going back to that thing. Um, Jared's not much better. Mm -hmm. And look, if I say Jared um, is with somebody underage and you go, that can't possibly be true. Go back and look at some what actors and stuff have said about Jared. And there was one comment about, oh, did Jared run out of everybody under 18? So now he's talking to somebody who's 19. Um, so it's, it's, you, you can find that stuff out there. What I would do is definitely stay away from drugs. Mm -hmm. And number two, keep all my partying at home. Mm -hmm. That would be, I, people don't necessarily realize, especially if you're a movie actor, actress, you work, you'll go work for a month or two, and then you might not work for two months. So you have two months of just kind of trying to keep yourself busy. And that's why a lot of people end up drinking a lot, doing drugs and stuff, because they just have nothing to do while they're waiting. 
And one of my very, very, very close friends realized that she couldn't go out in public and, you know, drink um, the way that she liked to drink. So she just drank at home and would only party at home. And so whenever she was out in public, she was completely um, normal and sober and, and everything like that. Uh, so I would definitely do something like that. Keep your partying at home. The other thing is, it is very possible for you to be the biggest star in the universe, and you don't have to have your photograph taken. Yeah. Most the, there's so many ways to not get your photograph taken, and not everybody can afford assistance and stuff like that. Which is why you always see everybody out at grocery stores, or like I was saying for like Target and things like that. You can certainly avoid paparazzi if you're not calling them. And just don't bring that attention to yourself because then it just makes you seem less serious. It makes you seem like all you care about is being famous rather than just being an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would follow, I would subscribe to all of that. And I also want to know any predictions you think for 2022, like anything that you think um, is a blind item, but the public is going to take it and run with it or anything that just based off of being in this industry for a long time, you think is going to happen? Well, I, I'm the Taylor Swift thing. That's what I'm anxious to see. That is what mm. I'm most anxious for. Her re-recordings and how she deals with the narrative of that. The, the next yeah. one. The next one is the one I'm really, when that comes out, I, I want to see how that narrative changes mm-hmm. because I think that that is going to be a big, big story and kind of change, as you like to say, the lore of it all. Yeah. And so that's, I'm kind of looking forward to that the most. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not Justin Bieber's marriage can handle him being on tour. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Or just where it ends up. I feel like it's either going to end in a divorce or there's going to be multiple children. Like, I don't see there being any in between. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Wouldn't there already be children? Mm. You have two very, very supposedly religious people. Yeah. And who um, come from large families, so to speak. And I would think that there would be. Especially during COVID when everyone was just like getting each other pregnant at home. Like so many people had COVID babies. Yeah. So Mm. I'm kind of shocked. So I lean towards the fact that the Justin has the Justin will take Haley out. I think that something bad happened in Saudi Arabia. I think that she's, if you notice, she is alone a great deal of the time. Yeah. And Justin will show up for dinner and all of a sudden there'll be paparazzi. And, oh, here, look, I'm with my wife, but it feel like 95% of the time that she's alone. Yeah. And what is going to happen when he goes out on tour? Is he, if she's not there, is he going to start doing drugs again? Mm-hmm. Is he going to have another overdose kind of situation where Scooter thinks it's so I'm kind of looking forward to that. I really want to see what happens to Scooter Braun in 2022. Yeah. Um, I, I'm because Justin seems to be maybe not as happy with him. Ariana, I think, is going to leave Scooter in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to Demi Lovato in 2022? Is she going to have a decent year? And she's not California sober anymore because that was bad. And one of the things about Demi that I know that she hates about me Mm -hmm. is that I have somebody so close to her that sees her uh, probably almost every day. 
And there is nothing that she can do about that person that sees her. And so it, and I know she doesn't know who it is, but she knows that I know somebody super close because of the stuff that I write about and the stuff that she might only do one night and never do again, but this person has a chance of seeing it. And I think that that drives her crazy because I always know when she's doing drugs, or when she's drinking again, because this person more often than not will see her doing. Yeah. So you do know that celebrities read crazy days and nights or get pissed about a blind item or feel a certain way that it's out there. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, they, they read it all the time. They, <laughs> they might, they, they don't, might not say anything about it, but they read it. And, you know, like I said, tree is not the only publicist who follows me. And sometimes I will reach out to a publicist not to get their opinion about something because I really don't care. Mm-hmm. But like I want to have I wanted to have Anna Ferris on my podcast. And um, I, I, I said, I bet you anything her publicist follows me. And she did, but she doesn't use Twitter anymore. And I don't like to reach out through um, their emails and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I always feel like things could be traced. So I try and leave it to, to DMs and stuff like that when I want to when I want to talk to somebody. Oh, interesting. Okay. Fascinating. And then the very last thing I want to ask, you sign things, you sign off with a love and bacon a lot. What's the reason? Do you just love bacon? It's always fascinating me. Love and bacon. I do love and bacon Um, on emails, (laughs) but only, only to um, like, if I sent you an email, I would probably say love and bacon. And the it just, it, it goes back just to the legend of NT. I mean, if you look at the not, I use two different ones. There's a fat guy and there <laughs> is um, something from Vancouver. It's a store called Plenty, but I took, just take the NT part of it uh-huh. and put that on there. But it's just this legend about, you know, being a huge, massive guy. And of course he's going to love bacon. And if you've ever seen that photo of me where it's like the guy sitting around Yep. It is based on it is based <laughs> on an actual guy and who I found his photo in Google Photos one day. I said, Fat Man on a Beach. And Fat Man on a Beach came up. And I used Fat Man on a Beach and it it's been morphed and people Photoshop and put stuff on it. However, the the picture that is currently on there, maybe like a decade ago, there was a butter company in England that made a commercial just using that thing. That um, image? Yeah, that image, just going down like a boat or something like that. And I said, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing in the whole world. But there is a guy out there who, when, you know, 12 years ago, I did the Google image search. I don't know if he's alive. I don't know who he is, but he is the guy that is on there. But yeah, you're because I'm convinced though yeah. that you're trying to throw people off your trail and you're actually like a six foot tall ginger with glasses or something like that. And you're like, they'll <laughs> never know now. Is there anything, and I know you like to keep your privacy, of course, but anything for 2022 that you're looking forward to personally, or, you know, without having to give away any, you know, personal identifying details, like everyone's just so curious about you, like, you know, anything you're looking forward to this upcoming year? You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, TikTok, because I've only been on it a couple of months. And it's changed dramatically just from the first couple of posts that I did. I said, this is not going to work for TikTok. I need to come up with more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking forward to um, kind of with the podcast and stuff. I'm always trying to revamp it and, 
and do things. I mean, I've had, I just passed the thousand episode mark. So, you know, after a thousand episodes, you're like, okay, well, what do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about more celebrities? Do I want to talk about this? Do I want to talk about that? And then there's, there's always people who are talking about projects and stuff and, you know, making shows and uh, based off blind items and things like that. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll yeah. just have to see. And um, sorry, I, I know I said I was going to end this. This, okay. I promise, okay. will be the last one. Um, I've seen a bunch of, you know, a, a higher influx of blind items about influencers and social media stars and TikTokers. Is that something that people can expect more of? Because I think it's crazy that you started in 2006, you know, there wasn't even a TikTok around, but there are now people with, you know, a hundred million fans out there doing dances. Is this something that we're going to expect to see more of, or do you think that it's just a short lasting trend? No, I think it is. I think I'm going to keep doing that because of the fact that the audience, you know, you want to change. And if I write something about Lindsay Lohan, everybody knows who she is, but you know, does Gen Z really care all that much about Lindsay Lohan? Mm -hmm. And so what they care about are the people that are their celebrities and their celebrities are the people on TikTok. And there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be talked about about the hype houses and stuff like that. And there's been some horrible things that have happened in those hype houses where, you know, you just kind of got to dig into it and you realize, okay, you know, they're bringing who's letting their 16 and 17 year old daughter go out to live in LA with a bunch of, you know, people that are 20, 21, 22, and then a bunch of producers who are 50 or 60 who say, okay, I can, I can get you this deal where with this company or whatever, it pays a hundred grand, but you have to sleep with me. And that's the kind of thing that's going on. And uh, there are some TikTokers that, that speak up about it and then they get slammed down and nothing is happening to those, to the men at all. And it's the same kind of situation. We are going to have uh, a whole bunch of these men who are just like Harvey Weinstein, except they're not movie producers. They just run these hype houses and stuff like that. And there are going to be some, some tragic stories about, some of these people, male and female, that are very young and vulnerable, and their parents just let them come out here because they're making so much money. And yeah. it's the same thing that happened to Lindsay Lohan, you know, 15, 16 years ago, where her parents said, oh, you're going to be this huge star, go out there at 15 or 16 years old, you're going to live by yourself, and she moves in with a drug dealer, and we see what happens. And it's that kind of thing. All the horror stories in Hollywood are because parents we're more interested in money than their kids. Yeah. And you, you see that happening all the time. And I think with influencers, people are like, oh, I don't believe it. Cause Harvey Weinstein, he was a mogul. He was a businessman. You know, what are the odds that someone with a YouTube prank channel is going to be abusing girls? And it's like, no, it, it happens because there is it, money it, there. Yeah. It, it happens for sure. I mean, look at some, Jake Paul is not a nice human being. I no. mean, he has done he has done some horrible things to women and you know, is he ever going to get called out for it? You know, he, you know, they start to, and then they don't, yeah. you know, but they're, they're Bryce Hall, horrible, horrible human being, just the worst human being on TikTok, probably. Mm-hmm. And, but nobody really talks about it very much. I mean, I cannot imagine. I mean, I don't, I've never, I know somebody who, um, uh, I know the lawyer who sued Bryce Hall and just the stuff that she's had to deal with and everything. He is a, he is an awful human being. And those are the kind of things that I want to talk about. And those, you know, if somebody has 20 million followers on TikTok and they're a horrible human being, 
hey, I want to tell you 20 million followers that Bryce Hall is not the person that you should be following. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think it's a worthy cause too, because, you know, people are like, you're trying to cancel someone and it's like, you can't, you can only cancel, you know, there's so many things around that term, but if there was nothing about Bryce Hall, there would be nothing to talk about and there would be no cancellation. But if there is something that someone did that was fucked up, like it, it should be talked about. So I'm, I'm excited to see more of the stuff that goes down. I mean, obviously I wish it wasn't happening, but I'm also yeah. excited to see it get discovered. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anything else less like you want to mention or bring up or, um, you know, I know that you're on TikTok at NT lawyer and you have your Patreon. Is there anything else that I've missed? No, no. It was just good to talk to Shannon. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I like talking to you and I, I learn a lot from you and, and I think that you should give yourself more credit because yes, you sometimes use my blind items. However, you also put together things completely on your own from all different other places that have nothing to do with my blind items. And you put it all together and you talk about it and you do a great job because you have learned how to tell a gossip story and summarize it and everything in under three minutes. And you do a, a great job. Oh my God. Thank you. You're my mentor. <laughs> thank you so much for saying that. I so appreciate it. And it was, it was great to talk with you and I hope we keep in touch because, um, you know, I think it's going to be a crazy year as more and more people kind of get hooked on the blind item of it all. I know. So I appreciate it. I hope you have a great 2022. Okay. So I hope everyone enjoyed that part of today's podcast. Huge, huge thank you to NT for not only literally giving me a TikTok career, um, (laughs) but also for coming on here and just being um, the nicest. So anyway, please check out at NT Lawyer on TikTok, his videos. I feel like everyone has their own take on blind items. You know, Dumois will do the celebrity sightings. Um, I'll kind of do celebrity specific ones or on here. Sometimes we cover it by TV show and on TikTok. And he does these like really in-depth detailed videos on both like celebrities, but also how paparazzi work, how yachting works, everything like that. So go check out his page. Okay, now for some more random things to get into. Somebody slid into the DMs and they said, this was back when I did my episode with um, Megan and it was all about celebrity conspiracy theories and pop culture conspiracy theories. So she says, you know, you were talking about impersonators and celebrities clones. And at first I'm like, what the fuck? Am I about to find out that like celebrities can be cloned? I just thought that it was all lore. But she says, recently I listened to David Tennant's podcast starring Michael Sheen, and they talked a bit about something like that at the 37th minute mark. So if anyone wants to check out that podcast, she says, Michael's dad was a Jack Nicholson impersonator and was asked to replace him for some events, according to Michael. So I guess it can feed some of the theories that something like that can happen. So how funny is that? And I totally believe it. Like if you're a big deal person, you just can't be everywhere all the time. I remember... I am pretty sure this is confirmed, but you know, let me know. (laughs) Let me know if I'm going off the deep end, but I'm pretty sure that there was a Melania Trump impersonator just because like if she had to be in two places at once, um, let's say she had to go somewhere with Baron, her impersonator would be like waving on the jet with Trump. So it would look like Melania was with Trump when she really wasn't. And I think people found out because, you know, a paparazzi, they were able to see that she was in two different places at the same time, but also B the giveaway is that the Melania impersonator was like smiling from ear to ear. And everybody was like, there's something not Melania about this, which it just cracks me up. 
Okay, so somebody wrote in this question, they said, I'm very curious about your favorite TikTok micro or macro influencers. I find myself watching and becoming so invested in these normal people's day-to-day -day lives. It's very voyeuristic, but that's also how I found you, so I guess it all works out. Who are your faves? Who do you hate watch? And what side of TikTok do you find yourself on? Um, I want to talk about this because I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, you found me on TikTok. So if this is interesting, stick around. If it's not, head over to my Instagram and you can you know, skip to the next section. But I had the celebrity memoir book club girls uh, over to my place the other day. We may or may not have recorded a podcast that may or may not uh, be coming out next week. And before we kind of got into the podcast, we were just kind of shooting the shit on influencers and things like that because, I don't know, it's kind of like a side career slash lifestyle now. And I'm like right there with you. I'm completely fascinated by this, which is weird because I guess I'm technically uh, in influencer range or whatever. But here is what I've learned. And I just want to share it with you because like it's interesting. The first thing is that how much money you make off of this or if you can turn influencing into a full-time gig, it depends a lot on what your niche is. So if you are doing, sorry, hold on, I don't, you know when your laptop just like starts making noise, I, I don't know how to fix it. So anyway, so if you are a influencer with only like, let's say 20,000, but you focus on fashion jewelry, uh, beauty, skincare, you're probably going to be doing pretty well for yourself because you're going to get a lot of PR packages. You're going to be talking about products. People are going to want you to promote them on their page. It's just like, it's a pretty easy avenue to make. Well, I wouldn't say easy, but it's more likely that you're going to make money. Myself and people who do pop culture or people who give hot takes or, you know, the jar who gives like a list of, uh, you know, 10 things to do on a Sunday to have a good Sunday. And I only know this because once we, we become friends on TikTok, you can see Mutual's videos. We're all making videos and being like, why are we not getting PR spawned like packages or anyone wanting to work with us? And it's because at the end of the day, you're not like shelling a product. You're just shelling ideas and original content. So it's a lot harder, weirdly enough, to make a living off of that, which is why I'm so curious how tanks was able to do it now something else that i found is that a lot a lot a lot of these influencers come from like serious family money already and that was kind of new to me like maybe i'm naive um i don't know i i definitely my family my, my family but i feel like I never wanted for anything growing up. My parents paid for college. I had such a privileged life. Like if I ever needed anything, they would help me. But I will say like, you know, I'm a Maxinista. Like I don't know how to pronounce certain design labels, let alone like wear them, let alone I would just feel awkward going into the store. You know what I mean? And then there's that level of influencer where like they have all these Chanel bags. They're always unboxing like, you know, I don't even know the names, but you know, like fancy shoes that cost like $700 and definitely aren't from Marshalls. And a lot of the influencers that I thought made it from influencing do have family money. Like I'm pretty sure Audrey Peters, Serena Kerrigan, Tanks, you know, the We Met at Acme chick. These are all just rumors I've heard. Like I, I don't know any of these people. Um, but it's just something that I've heard too, which is like, yeah, it's, it's easy to be an influencer if like you're Emily Mariko and like you already have the bougiest apartment ever. Like if I tried to make one of those that girl videos, like 
you know what I mean? Like there's a crack in my stove. I wouldn't be able to do it. So I think that's how some people get so big. And um, yeah, okay, hold on. Okay, somebody wrote in, and then we'll get to celebrity stuff. Um, this was on the website, and they were like, I'm 20 years old. i have a junior in college. I've never dated seriously. Any tips for how to flirt or date? I'm going to make this quick. I'm just going to republish an old blog post um, on my homepage. I have an entire blog post that goes over ways to pick up someone in a bar. I'm like, I get like so fucking horny about stupid stuff like this. Like, I love coming up with pickup lines. I think it's like my improv comedy background. But basically, check out that blog. It will be on the homepage by the time this goes out. And it just has certain things. Like, if you and a friend, this is one, I haven't read it in a while, but this is one I remember. If you and a girlfriend go out to a bar, I like doing things where like you make it easy for a guy to talk to you. So get one of those stupid hello, my name is stickers, write your name on it, you and your friend, come up with some fake backstory like you just got out of a work conference or you, I don't know, you were just at like a team building happy hour or something like that. And that's why you have the name tag on. Because let me tell you something, I've done this. I'm going to sound so pathetic. I don't care. Seven out of seven times, if I have gone into a bar wearing a name tag with my name on it, a guy always comes up and he's like, oh, what's the name? Like, why do you have a name tag? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, you just want to do things to make it easy to be approached because, you know, we all like getting approached more than we like approaching. Also, I just wanted to say that we do have a Reddit account now. I know that Reddit is the place where um, men tell you that you're ugly, and I know this because I have submitted a picture of myself before to the Roast Me subreddit, and they did tell me I I was ugly, but it's more than just that. It's more than just that. So if you go to reddit.com slash r slash fluently forward, you'll see the community um it was set up by lovely listener of the pod ella and that's just kind of where you can you know talk more in depth about each episode or any new tea item or something like that i also want to share a blind that she shared with me about ariana grande and scooter so this was a blind or it was like a piece of gossip there have been blinds for years about ariana grande trying to not be underneath scooter's management and i think we all know scooter's like the you know typical disney villain of hollywood right now especially after everything taylor swift did with him it's also weird because you know Justin Bieber not doing well under Scooter's management. Ariana Grande crying every night on tour. You know, obviously she's gone through trauma underneath Scooter's management. Demi Lovato beefing with a yogurt shop and they just had their head shaved and um, the, the spider tattoo on it. So anyway, not doing too well. So I feel like there have been blinds for a while. And I remember there was a couple years back that there were serious rumors Ariana was going to leave Scooter. And at that time, that was when the donut thing was leaked. Remember Ariana Grande looking the donuts and then in her apology saying that like Americans are fat and stupid? I don't know. It was something like that. So this blind was basically saying that Ariana was considering leaving Scooter. So he was the one who leaked the donut incident as like a warning of what he had on her and what he could do if she didn't come back. So basically he wanted to leak something that wasn't so destructive it was going to totally tarnish her star, but something that would chip away way at it a little bit and remind her to come back so that's just like a little insidious fun 
Okay, I'm going to wrap things up here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Enti, for being on. Um, And thank you, everyone who's reviewed the podcast and just been saying the nicest stuff. And if you want to talk more about this, head on over to the Reddit page and we can keep the discussion going. Bye, guys. Bye.